This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Test the Time News, episode 367. On Now You Know. Thank you to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. If you have anyone relying on your income, you need life insurance. It's that simple. I feel better knowing that if anything happened to me, Jesse wouldn't have to figure out how to financially handle things. That peace of mind means less worrying. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance you need at the right price. Policy Genius knows how valuable your time is, and that's why their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Their licensed, award-winning agents can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. To start comparing quotes and simplify insurance buying, check out Policy Genius at policygenius.com slash now you know, or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Thanks to Policy Genius for sponsoring this video. It's hard to believe, but as Tesla tweeted out, this week we produced our five millionth car. Thank you, Tesla owners, for your ongoing support. Elon responded, congratulations, Tesla team. That's a lot of cars. Now, when we started this show, Tesla had made around 100,000 cars. Yeah, Tesla is on track to produce 1.8 million cars this year. Wow. Get your Tesla factory tours here. Step right up and turn in your Tesla referral credits for a factory tour. I thought Fremont tours were free. I mean, didn't each Tesla owner get one free tour per year? Yeah, there used to be four free tours per week, Monday through Friday. But when COVID hit, Tesla was forced to cancel them. But Elon said in 2021 that they were coming back soon, didn't he? Yes, Elon did say that the tours would restart probably in a few months. But, well, let's just say two months seems to have equaled two years in Elon time. Okay, so the tours are now referral program perks. Yes, you can exchange 15,000 of your Tesla referral credits for a tour of either the Fremont, Texas, or Berlin Gigafactory for you and three guests. The tours are also restricted to guests that are 12 years old and older. Nuts! No photos or videos are allowed. So, I mean, this kind of makes sense with 5 million Tesla owners. <laughs> got to limit it somehow. You got to kind of have to limit it somehow. So according to a LinkedIn post from Rohan Ma, who's Tesla's auto bidder and energy optimization product lead. So that would be Taupul. <laughs> Tesla's auto bidder portfolio has expanded from 1.2 gigawatt hours in 2021 to 7 gigawatt hours in 2023. Remember that Tesla's auto bidder is a software platform started in 2020 that uses AI to automatically bid on electricity grid contracts. Yeah, so if you have a big battery like a Tesla Megapack, you can use auto bidder to automatically send power to the grid when the grid is offering the most money for your power. And if you're like, what does this 7 gigawatt hours mean? I need things explained in dollars and cents. Okay, well, how about we put it into dollars for you? Ma said, quote, our real-time algorithms have already returned over 330 million dollars in trading profit to early storage investors. And again, this is just software, so it has a really high profit margin for Tesla. If you look at this visually, I made this simple chart here and I kind of guessed at the 2022 data, it can help show the growth. But I think what would be really helpful would be to know how much money does a Tesla Autobidder customer make for every gigawatt hour that they have on the Autobidder platform? So I did a bit of back of the napkin math uh, on that, and I don't claim that this is accurate. But if we assume these numbers are correct, 11.7 gigawatt hours over the past three years, and that's because you add them up for each year. Okay. Then that would be about $28.2 million of Autobidder trading profit per gigawatt hour on the platform. Profit. 
profit. Crazy little scheme to actually turn a profit. So there's a lot of things that we don't know. For instance, how much does Tesla charge customers for AutoBidder and how much does AutoBidder um, contribute to Tesla's energy revenue? But what's important is that as more and more energy developers hear about this and experience this for themselves, the more batteries are going to be put onto our grids, which is going to help bring down costs for us customers and make our grids more resilient and make the grids work better with clean energy sources like wind and solar. And I thought this post from Aaron Boyle, one of Tesla's machine learning engineers, was interesting. It says that Tesla Autobidder is hiring machine learning engineers. And so I think it's important to share with those people in your circles who may be looking for new careers or opportunities that you should think about applying to Tesla because there's lots of jobs there that aren't just on the factory floor like building cars. There's all sorts of cool opportunities. According to Mexican news outlet Milenio, Tesla delivered their official letter of intent last Friday to the governor of Nuevo Leon, Mexico, formalizing the start of construction for Giga Mexico. Governor Sepulveda posted on his Instagram, and keep in mind this is translated from Spanish, my friends and colleagues from Tesla are very happy because they have their gigafactories in Austin and San Francisco, and they will already have direct flights when they come here to settle. I am about to receive the startup of the gigafactory from Tesla. Let's start with everything. Issue of water. It is treated water. On the train tracks and the adaptations and access to the road, there is the highway from Monterey to Saltillo uh, to the plants. So pure good news. We are hitting with everything. Governor Sepulveda met with several Tesla officials overseeing the project at his personal home early last week, along with key Mexican government officials, and the meetings were said to have gone very well. The governor then announced that Tesla will be spending $15 billion over the next two years on the new Gigafactory. Didn't we think this was going to be more like $5 billion? Yeah, that's quite an increase from what it should cost to build the factory, but maybe this was like lost in translation kind of thing. I'm thinking this includes the knock-on effects of building the factory, you know, like all the extra businesses that are going to spring up because of such a large factory coming to town. You've got new highways and roads and train stations and stores and schools and homes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm guessing this $15 billion number is referring to. But getting back to the timetable, because I think that's what most of us want to know, Tesla originally estimated the timetable at 12 to 15 months with a proposed 2025 production launch date. I think that's still possible if they get started right away, especially with all they've learned from Giga Texas, Shanghai and Berlin, and especially if Governor Sepulveda is going to help with speeding up the local government approvals. And this leads right into our next story about the UAW strike. So as of midnight last Friday, the United Auto Workers began targeted strikes against three of the four major U.S. automakers. I say three out of the four because Tesla doesn't have union employees and the strike will have no effect on Tesla's production lines. The UAW is now having some of their 391,000 workers go on strike at specific Ford, GM, and Stellantis plants as talks between UAW and the automakers continue. So some of what the UAW is looking for is a 36% wage increase over four years for full-time employees, a four-day work week, so that's working 32 hours for 40 hours of pay, and the elimination of tiers under which newer employees sign on for lesser pay and lower benefits than veteran workers. CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, said that if Ford agreed to these terms, they would have gone bankrupt. You want us to choose bankruptcy? It's really hard to get accurate figures to compare UAW salaries at the big three versus non-union salaries at Tesla. As Elon just posted, Walter Isaacson spent a lot of time with me in meetings, but much less time walking the factory floor. Tesla and SpaceX factories have a great vibe. We encourage playing music and having some fun. Very important for people to look forward to coming to work. We pay more than the UAW, by the way, but performance expectations are also higher. Quite a few of our factory techs who work on the line have become millionaires over the years from company stock grants. And that's a really good point. Tesla employees are offered a stock participation program, which makes it difficult to compare hourly wages apples to apples, because if you join the Tesla stock grant program, you could be looking at massive long-term gains, even if your hourly salary is lower than a UAW counterpart. But bottom line, if this UAW strike doesn't get settled soon, the big three could be in serious trouble. I mean, Jeep has like two to three months worth of vehicles on dealer lots, but GM and Ford have much less. And this just-in-time production that all the factories do, so for instance, Ford had to lay off 600 people in Michigan last Friday, not in the striking plant, but because the striking plant made parts that affected another plant that needed those parts. It shows how even this targeted strike is going to cause a lot of slowdown in production. And even if there is a settlement, it will likely involve higher pay for workers, which means that the big three's margins are going to deteriorate even further. 
We're going to talk more about this on our Patreon bonus story this week. So please join us on Patreon to help support independent news. So we talked about this a few weeks ago. The Tesla owners in China with older Model 3s without the powered liftgate were able to get a Tesla retrofit for $2,981 or about $415. That retrofit was not available from Tesla in the U.S. and Canada until now. To be clear, there was still third-party lift gates that you could get, but until now, Tesla wasn't doing them. Right. So how much is Tesla charging for the liftgate retrofit? So in the U.S., it'll be $800. In Canada, it's going to be $1,085 Canadian dollars. Uh, to purchase it, you'll need to go to the Tesla app, then tap on upgrades in the main screen, and then on accessories, and then on interior. Why interior? Well, it's technically inside the car, I guess. <laughs> When I checked in my area, it said that it was out of stock, but let us know down below if it's in stock in your area. So what do you think? Is this too much money to spend on a retrofit? I mean, it's almost twice what it costs in China. Yeah, I don't know. But for 800 bucks, I think I'll just get out and open my trunk myself. But again, let us know what you think. I mean, I think Tesla should add this to the Tesla referral program as a perk. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, I think that that would be a great way of rewarding some of the earlier customers like me, because I'm like an early customer and my car doesn't do that. By the way, I just want to mention, we don't have any referral points right now because we stopped putting our referral code in the show notes. Um, we felt, I mean, I think we felt a little like we had gotten enough, um, but I we're putting it back in there. And the reason for that is this. If you're getting a new Tesla, like, please use it. It's because we want to go to the Cybertruck event. Um, we early on got what was called VIP status from the referral um, program, which I was like, great, we'll get to go to all their future events because that's what it said. Right. Then when we showed up at one of their events, oh, I think it was the Cybertruck unveil. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't get in. And luckily, we pulled some strings with some friends and we got in. Um, but Tesla's like, there's no VIP program. And look, I don't I don't care except that you said, Tesla, that there was. And now Jesse and I can't go to any of these things and bring you that information. Right. So now we have to keep playing the referral program game, which I'm fine with doing. I I mean, I, I hope that you guys want to you know, send us there. If you don't, that's totally fine. Um, you can use whoever's referral code you want. Um, but yeah, it would help us out if you use the referral code. Um, I'm sorry to have to like stupidly beg like this. I, I wish that Tesla would just say like, oh yeah, these Tesla tubers have been around for a while and maybe maybe it makes sense for them to set, you know go to events. Yeah, and when we go to events, we do a lot of work to you know positively show the company off. Um, so yeah, I, either way, either Tesla, please reach out to us or if you could use our referral code down below, that would help a lot too. So kind of weird how we reported on the Tesla Powerwall 3 being installed and then a few days later, Tesla officially launched it, but now it's official. The Powerwall 3 is available on their website along with the Powerwall Plus and the Powerwall 2. So we have the specs now for the Powerwall 3 and here they are. What's cool is that the Powerwall 3 is now flood resistant to over two feet. Over two feet? So like three feet, four feet, I'm nine guessing, feet? I'm guessing it's around two <laughs> feet. Uh, so comparing it to the Powerwall 2, the Powerwall 3 has the same energy capacity but has a higher continuous power rating. So 11.5 kilowatts versus 5.8 kilowatts. Can you explain that? Well, I think I called it when Elon said this in his tweet, basically. He didn't give any specifics, but he said it would have more, it would be more powerful. It's like twice as powerful. Right. So an analogy for this is like you can get more power out of it more quickly. So mm -hmm. if you're thinking of this as like a big water tank, um, it's like having a bigger uh, hole in the bottom so you can get more. So you can power. run more circuits. So you could run like your AC and your fridge and your heater or whatever. Right. Like. You wouldn't necessarily want to when the power goes out, but if you're only losing the power for two minutes, yeah, you could make it so that everything in your house would stay on. And this is nice because this means that you could buy conceivably fewer power walls mm -hmm. to power your home. It wouldn't last as long as buying more power walls, but um, it's it's nice that it gives you this extra power. And again, if you're like, I don't know what 11.5 kilowatts is versus 5.8. When you get one of those like natural gas generators, they're generally uh, to power like everything in your house. So you don't have to think about it are generally around 20 kilowatts. So having 11.5 kilowatts is pretty good. It means you can pretty much do your life without thinking about it. And as we talked about last week, the Powerwall 3 now has the inverter built in, even though it's only about 170 cubic inches bigger in volume. Yeah, that may sound like a lot, but the Powerwall 3 has 7,888 cubic inches versus the Powerwall 2, which had 7,710 cubic inches. So it's only 2% bigger, but yet it packs a bigger punch. And we don't know exactly when it will be available. The Tesla website just says coming in 2024. Hey, and if you like Powerwalls, and if you like our show, hit the like button. It really helps us out. All right, so the Tesla Model Y all-wheel drive, that's the one built at Giga Texas with the 4680 batteries, has disappeared from Tesla's US configurator website. Where did you go? 
The Model Y variant was first introduced when Giga Texas opened in April of 2022, but it didn't become available on Tesla's website until earlier this year in April. Now, just five months later, it has disappeared. I wonder why that could be. Could it have something to do with this? I think this is really good news. A lot of people are saying that the Cybertruck is what needs these 4680 batteries, and I agree. So I think this is signaling that Tesla is starting to get into a production ramp on the Cybertruck, or will soon, and they need to divert 4680 batteries away from the Model Y. On the downside, now there are only two variants of the Model Y available in the US, the Model Y Long Range and the Performance. The all-wheel drive variant had been the cheapest, 47740, which is $2,750 cheaper than the Long Range version. Now, a lot of people have said that they don't think that needing the 4680s for the Cybertruck is the reason Tesla did this for two reasons. Remember that Drew Baglino, Tesla's senior VP for powertrain and energy engineering, said back in July that Cybertruck would launch with a new version of the 4680 that has a 10% higher energy density. And number two, people are saying that Cybertruck hasn't even started production yet, so Tesla wouldn't need the batteries anyway. I think, number one, Tesla will likely want the new denser 4680 batteries to be the 4680 used on whatever it's going to be used on. I don't think Tesla wants to make a light version and a dense version. It's a new chemistry improvement. And my guess is that they're going to use the new version exclusively going forward. And I think that's why we're hearing that the Cato plant over in Fremont is being shut down. We've heard rumors that it's going to be shut down for a while. My guess is to put the new lines in and make the new batteries there, which are the version of battery that are being made at Giga factory texas number two i think again this is a good sign that tesla could be anticipating a strong ramp for the cybertruck and they don't want any battery supply issues to slow them down so my guess is that after this latest planned outage for maintenance and upgrades that's been going on at giga texas for the past week or so which might have included upgrading the 4680 line again uh, that tesla wants to have enough 4680s on hand so there won't be any production problems with the cybertruck we have a Patreon poll this week asking what our patrons think, and we'll share the results with you later on in the show. But what do you think? Let us know in the comments below. All right, it's time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. So I was perusing the Cybertruck Owners Club reservation tracker the other day. By the way, thank you to the Cybertruck Owners Club for sponsoring our show. So I was checking out the Cybertruck reservation tracker where you can find out your place in line because over 47,000 people have self-reported their reservations. And you know what I saw? How many did you see? There are now estimated over 2 million Cybertruck reservations. Oh my God! Wow! It's also really cool to see on this tracker what percentage of people would like different variants. Hmm. I was really surprised how few wanted the cheapest variant. Really? I kind of thought, like, why not just get the cheapest one? Yeah. And look at that number right there below net reservations. What's that number? That is the booked total revenue. So if everyone who reserved a Cybertruck bought one, that would be $152 billion in revenue for Tesla. And look, it's only a $100 deposit. So even if, say, one in four people end up buying it, that would still make it one of the best-selling pickup trucks. To give you some reference, Ford sold 653,000 F-Series pickup trucks last year. So I'm not saying this would happen the first year. Obviously, they have to ramp up. But if they could get to, say, 500000 per year, that could really give Ford a run for the money. If Ford is still in business next year. You want, you want us to choose bankruptcy? And Gregor Truck tweeted out, who else stops the show like Cybertruck? <laughs> Bruh. I gotta get me one of those. And we get a look this week at the Cybertruck bed lighting. Uh, as more and more of the trucks are out in the real world, people are snapping more videos and pictures, and it's really cool to see. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than most of the trucks that we've tested. Um, and this goes to what we talked about last week. Um, here's a Cybertruck charging in Roseville, Texas, and see how tight it has to pull into the charger to get the cord to reach? Hmm. I mean, that's like, I don't know, you gotta be really paying attention when you back up. And I mean, not all superchargers are created equally. Like no. some of them, you can get it closer or further from the supercharger. So, I mean, it's not a hard fix. You send a guy out there with an angle grinder or something. But I agree, it's it's a little sketchy. With an angle grinder? You know, to, like because sometimes they put the bollard like really far away from, you know, the, oh, the charger itself. So, Well, it shows you how the bollard has to be, like you said, like it can't be too far out. And that means it's not really doing its job anymore. Because right. as soon as you hit that bollard, you're hitting the supercharger. That's true. What's up with that supercharger, by the way? It's like a... Oh, it's the 50,000th. So that's, that's cool. it's like, you know, gets a... It gets a special... It gets a special It's a collector's wrap. item. <laughs> right. Oh, don't take them home. <laughs> I already have. <laughs> um, and four Cybertrucks were spotted by YouTuber drone pilot Brad Sloan this week at the Giga Texas crash tunnel. 
Oh, crash tunnel. Yeah. I wonder what they're doing there. <laughs> I wonder. Um, and a Cybertruck was seen in for service in Merritt Island, Florida. <laughs> so we get to see, uh, you know, the wheels off and the suspension there. Hmm. And uh, no one seems to know why it was in for service. <laughs> Interesting. Changing out the tires, maybe? So one of the best things about e-bikes is how much further you can go than a regular bike. Especially if you're a regular person. Right. I mean, if you're a Tour de France cyclist, then you can go, you know, 50 miles without breaking a sweat. But for the rest of us, mere mortals, a 50 mile bike ride might put us in the hospital, especially with hills and like hot temperatures. But we just went on a 44 mile trip all the way from Boston to our home where we tested this new e-bike, the Hokai Cheetah, and we did not end up in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun and the Cheetah still had many miles of range left. I think it could have made it all the way back to Boston. I think so. So this is a fat tire e-bike with front and rear suspension, which you can get with either one or two batteries. So we tested it on our Now Let's Review channel with both batteries, which gave it a stated range of 85 miles. And I believe it. Uh, we got back and like I said, it still had plenty of juice left. If you've been thinking about an e-bike but are overwhelmed by the choices. Or you don't even know what the choices are. Then please check out our Now Let's Review videos where we review tons of e-bikes and put them through their paces for you. So it seems like every month on the show we have to decide whether or not we're going to report on some lawsuit against Tesla. It appears that Lucid Motors is in a legal dispute now in Germany over what a customer claims is a missing software feature. A German customer bought a Lucid Air Dream Edition for 218,000 euros and with that purchase, you're supposed to get the Dream Drive Pro, which is software that is, according to Lucid, quote, the most comprehensive advanced driver assistance system available in an electric vehicle. We're talking things like highway assistant with active lane centering, adaptive cruise control and automatic parking. But when the customer reached out to Lucid to find out why he didn't have the software, Lucid acknowledged that the software wasn't there and informed the customer that they wouldn't be able to deliver DreamDrive Pro in the foreseeable future. But they promised to provide the software through an over-the-air update at an unspecified time. The customer is currently being represented by Christoph Linder, who is often referred to as the Tesla attorney. So according to Linder, Lucid didn't get back to him when he asked for a full refund and withdrawal from the purchase contract. Under European Union consumer protection laws in Germany, customers have a two-year window to report defects or missing features from the day of a vehicle delivery. And customers have a 14-day grace in which they can withdraw from the purchase contract without the need to provide a reason. Since Lindner hadn't heard back from Lucid, they are taking the matter to court. Now, I think a lot of people compared Lucid Air to the Tesla Model S without actually getting to experience the car like this customer did. So you're not getting autopilot in a Lucid. You're not getting the Tesla supercharger network. You're not getting the safest car on the road. So it's surprising to me that Lucid has had as many sales as they've had. I mean, come on. It's not that many sales. In 2022, Lucid delivered less than 5,000 EVs. And in the first half of this year, Lucid delivered just about 2,800. Now, we don't have an exact breakdown, but Tesla sold over 30,000 Model S's in 2022 and well over 15,000 Model S's so far this year. But that's still thousands of sales from Lucid, which is a startup company for a car that is arguably inferior and more expensive than Tesla's offering, which basically most cars are. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just it, I guess it just surprises me when something's that expensive that people are willing to buy something that's inferior just to be different, just to have, you know, well, no one else on my block has a Lucid. I mean, when it's the most comprehensive advanced driver assistance feature available in an electric vehicle, all of that sounds really good. And so, yeah, of course, you're going to want to plop down money on something. I, like that. I went on Lucid's website just to see because I figured they must have pulled it down. Uh-huh. Uh, it's still there. Like if I go to buy a Lucid today, it still claims I'm going to get this feature, which they just told this customer they have no idea when it's coming. How can you legally do that? I mean, look, Tesla sells you features that you know aren't there yet, right? Like with full self-driving, they tell you it's not coming yeah, but now. Autopilot's there and all, you know, the lane I mean, assist and absolutely. all that stuff is there. Yes. Lucid has nothing. So basically you're getting one of those old timey cars you have to drive <laughs> yourself. Um, yeah, I just, you know, that's it's uh, going to happen. I mean, I would have given them a pass for the first month or something, but like it's right. been a long time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're just finishing up the code. You want the most comprehensive? Yeah. I don't know. So back in 1981, Honda introduced the Moto Compacto to Japan, a small motorcycle that could fit in the back of your small car. It could unfold and had a 49cc two-stroke engine. And after 40 years since discontinuing it, they are re-releasing it this time as an e-scooter. What? 
That looks so stupid. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Well, well, hold on. It folds up and it can fit in your trunk. So can a lot of different scooters. Yeah, but this one is a rectangle. So they made it a rectangle so you could fill it full of batteries and make it long range and comfortable? Well, it has 12 miles of range and a top speed of 15 miles an hour. Okay, so it's hollow like a briefcase so you can keep your documents dry in the rain? No, I mean, it has a little slot which can fit its charger, but nothing about it is waterproof. It's a rectangle so you can mount like solar panels to it and charge it up outside? No, it takes three and a half hours to charge up, but you have to plug it into the wall. Well, this is exactly then why Honda will fail. The Moto Compacto was an interesting idea back in 1981, but failed ultimately because sliding a hundred pound two-stroke moped out of your car wasn't exactly convenient. Now, fast forward to 2023, we have e-scooters, which is exactly what the Moto Compacto was aiming for. But even with that technology, they still messed it up because they were so stuck on hearkening back to their original bulky, stupid design. I think that, you know, some people might like the Moto Compacto as a concept since it was only sold in Japan. So us Americans think that it's cool, like a like a 1980s calculator. No, cool. I get that. I get if you like retro, it brings you back to your sure. childhood. But that's usually for products that were cool at the time. Like this wasn't even a great product in any way that I can think of back well, at the time. Because it was a, basically riding a little lawnmower into into the city. And this, unfortunately, is a weak product in my opinion i mean i think that thank you i'm glad you finally admit that it's cool looking is it though in a specific way comment down below (laughs) i don't think that's cool looking in any way yeah the specs of it are basically it looks like you're riding a suitcase right i I think people are going to be like hey is that a suitcase you're riding the most basic e-scooter like specs you can have and uh why don't we just take a scooter put a suitcase around it and we'll have our own moto compacto you're you're absolutely god damn it so rivian just pushed its latest 2023.34.00 over the air software update to the r1t and the r1s so are there any new features uh let's see Yes, here it is. Um, Increased ride comfort in all-purpose soft ride mode and improved balance between the ride and handling and sport mode. Reduced abruptness when driving over sharp road impacts in all drive modes and reduced harshness when driving over bumps and dips at parking lot speeds. So basically Rivian softened the vehicle suspension? I mean, that's probably a good thing, right? Because the Rivian had really stiff suspension even in soft before. So when did we get the update? Uh, We got it over the weekend. Oh, great. Um, so what are we doing here? Let's go test it. Oh, okay. A few moments later. So we just gave it a test drive. Okay. Um, why don't you say what you thought about it? Um, so we started off in stiff, just so that we would have something to compare to. Mm-hmm. And it felt as stiff as it normally was, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, then we switched to soft. And luckily, right by our house, we have like an open construction zone mm-hmm. um, that we were able to kind of test it out in. I think that it felt maybe 10% softer. Yeah, I almost felt at one point that it was like um, like a placebo effect. Like I wasn't even sure if I had really <laughs> felt it that way. I mean, yes, it was softer. I would say, yeah, 10 or 20%. But not like when I hit a soft button, I would expect that that's the ride you want to give. Like if you're bringing your mom on a trip and you don't really want to feel too many bumps. And this is not soft by any imagination when we're in our ford um, f-150 lightning that is a very soft suspension now maybe it's unfair maybe i was comparing it to that truck but i just kind of thought since rivian has air suspension and since you can control it and they've had a lot of complaints from people that even their soft mode was too stiff Mm. that this would get nice and squishy soft i think there's only so much you can do i'm sure that they changed the only parameters that they had like in the code and probably up to whatever safety limits they were too afraid to go over um I don't think that air suspension can get much softer than that. Hmm. The Ford suspension, I would say, is too soft Hmm. um, if you want to do any kind of performance driving. Um, If you floor the Ford, it it doesn't want to steer pretty much at all, Um, which is scary as hell. Um, It's great that it has the power, and it's great that the suspension is, I will say, it's probably the softest suspension I've ever felt on any vehicle. It's very smooth. Um, The inside's very quiet. Like, I'm going to give the Ford credit there. Um, But yeah, the the Rivian was made to basically be a race car, and uh, there's not a lot you can do to get rid of race car suspension. My guess is that since the R1S came out, this SUV version, that a lot of people were complaining because, you know, an SUV is something you want to drive to the mall, not off-road, and I bet they just thought the suspension was too stiff. I think they're going to be 
not that happy because I don't think this update's really going to make them happy. But let us know down below if you drive a Rivian and you th what you think about it. Um, also, there's some new Rivian updates uh, as well. There's this new set speed option for highways. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. in adaptive cruise control there's new phone call features there's a new drive mode option in the rivian app trip planner so you can say like oh what if i made this trip in um conserve conserve like okay. would i get further and then there's a new screen clean feature great new screen clean feature i mean tesla had that since like day one a decade ago well i mean to be fair the rivian r1t came out only like a year and a half ago so you know the programmers were getting to it like, how, um, uh, Joel, how do we make the screen like just turn black? Uh, screen black uh, would be X. Uh, uh, hex would be hex character uh, zero 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 okay. one zero 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 H. Okay. Yes. And, yes. Uh, how do I? How do, how do I get it to come back? All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. So this is the amazing Henson razor. And a lot of people have said to me, you know, Jesse, you know, you've never tried different razors before. And that is not true. I, I had a three blade. I had a five. And I think I even went up to a six blade. But like one of the blades is on the back. But anyway, you hated all of them. I hated all of them because my face would just hate it um, because you're using multiple, multiple blades, which is not good. Um, then I even went to a safety razor. And then uh, I even tried using like a straight razor, which scared the crap out of me. Scared the crap out of me. Um, and so, you know, when Henson reached out to us, I was pretty skeptical about them, honestly. I was like, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but I've really, 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 really liked this uh, razor. I think that you will too. And also, I mean, Wall Street Journal just did a story. I know. They tested out a bunch of really expensive razors and found this to be the best one. And if you want to use the code now, you know, at checkout, you can get 100 free blades at checkout. So one of the big pushbacks you'll get from people about EVs is, what do we do when a car catches on fire? Yeah, it could take hours and thousands of liters of water to extinguish an EV battery pack that catches on fire. Well, now an invention from South Korea could make that problem much easier to solve. This is the seesaw, which allows firefighters to quickly and safely extinguish the fire in a battery pack. Researchers have found that battery fire temperatures can reach 1,000 degrees Celsius, but when you inject water directly into the battery pack using this piercing nozzle here on the seesaw, they can get temperatures down to 90 degrees Celsius quickly. This invention from Korean inventor Yongwon Shin, a PhD student majoring in industrial design at Hongik University, won a James Dyson Award this year. So how does it work? So the firefighter adjusts the height of the seesaw depending on the height of the car off the ground, then slides the seesaw under the car and hits it with a hammer, which pierces the battery pack with that sharp metal nozzle. Water is then pumped through the nozzle into the battery pack, getting the water right to the source of the fire and keeping it cool and without oxygen. So how much do Dyson Award winners receive? Dyson gives out $6,000 to national winners such as Hongwan and $40,000 to global winners to help them get to their next phase of development. 
that's it. Six thousand dollars that barely pays for a prototype. Uh, well, it also gives the media attention. I mean, that's how I found out about the seesaw. And now you're all hearing about it. So maybe someone from our Now You Know Investor Club will reach out to Young Wan and help him work on developing what could be a game changer in putting out EV fires. By the way, there's around 300 winners this year. Lots of cool inventions. I urge you to go to the uh, Dyson Awards site and kind of check out what, you know, cool inventors are thinking about. And I think that this is a really good solution. I mean, it's I- simple. I personally, this is anecdotal, but when I'm sitting at dinner, I have heard the same conversation happen three times at like other tables. And there's just some guy and he's just like, there's an unbelievable amount of fire. It's so scary. You know, it took them three hours to put it out. And, and it's like, yeah, it scares some people where they're just like, oh my God, they can catch on fire, let alone every other car in the parking lot is a gas tank. But, right. you know, forget that. Forget that somebody with a rag and a lighter can basically light up any car you see other than the electric ones. Right. And let alone that most gas cars catch on fire 10 times more frequently than an electric car. And and explode. I mean, yeah. you know, the batteries in an electric car can keep staying on fire, but they don't generally explode. Yes. And so I just think that when you run into one of these kinds of people who's like, <laughs> you can just talk about the seesaw. All right, it's time for Going Green. So Going Green is our chance every week to celebrate people, companies, and governments that are switching to cleaner energy and transportation. To help speed up this transition, we can all help if we first educate ourselves on what's going on, whether it's working, and then share these stories with other people because you never know where this story will end up. So let's turn our attention to Baltimore. Why would anybody ever want to leave Baltimore? That's what I'm asking. Why would anyone ever want to leave Baltimore? Yeah. And specifically, the Port of Baltimore. Did you know that the Port of Baltimore is the U.S.'s busiest vehicle handling port? They handle about 750,000 vehicles a year, over 43 million tons of cargo. So to help get the port closer to its emissions goals, they are getting an all-electric loader from New Jersey-based Heavy Corporation. Check this out. This is the Gel 5000. It weighs in at almost 40,000 pounds or 18,000 kilograms. It can pick up 3.9 yards or three cubic meters in its bucket and has a 12,000 pound rated load. With its 282 kilowatt hour cattle LFP battery, it can operate for nine hours straight. I can see it can charge in 90 minutes with CCSDC fast charging or 13 hours at 220 volts. It can also do a quick attach to switch between different buckets and attachments. So how much do you want for it? So I haven't been able to get a price of the new GEL 5000, but I found a couple of used ones for a quarter of a million dollars. So I'm guessing it's around 300,000 for a new one. Yeah, I mean, I look for diesel ones and they are a lot cheaper, um, but we're reaching out to Heavy to see if we can interview their CEO and learn more about the benefits, because I think that that's the big question. When you're buying a big machine like this, that's going to last for years. There's maintenance, there's fuel costs, and those factor in not just the initial buying cost. I want to crush some cars with this thing. Well, let's go I to New go, Jersey. I want to dig and a let's, big hole. All right, well, let's go do it. All right. Hey, and if you want to share a story you've seen here on the show, but you don't want to share the entire one hour long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube. There we have bite-sized clips that are easy to share. Also head on over to X for our Now You Know channel there, where we've got a lot of our stories in shorter form. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So do you like interactive maps? Yes. Well, the DOE, the U.S. Department of Energy, just launched this cool interactive map that shows all of the new battery, wind, solar, and electric vehicle projects that have exploded across the U.S. Check this out. So you can zoom in on a region or a state. You can also filter your search by technology, jobs, products, state, timeline, and more. This timeline function is cool. You can see how many projects there were before and after the Inflation Reduction Act. So here's that same region before the IRA. For instance... Here's all the solar projects before the IRA, nine of them. Here's after the IRA, 57 of them. Here's EV projects before the IRA in the entire U.S., zero. And after the IRA, 142. So we'll put the link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Now, I don't know how accurate that is because Tesla was operating before the IRA and it's not on the map. Uh, so I don't know what the DOE is counting as a project before and after. I'm assuming it's that they gave some funding to this. Sure. But Tesla is then listed after, so I guess Tesla got some money, hmm. maybe to do their lithium refining. Yeah. It's really too bad that it was called the Inflation Reduction Act when that's what had nothing to do with it. Right. Basically. Well, this is a piece of it. Yeah, I agree. But they had to. They had to. We have to call the. Hey, you know what? We have to call it the Inflation Reduction Act because otherwise people won't like it. Can't call it the. Hey, we should, you know, maybe not suck at 
manufacturing electric vehicles and solar panels or something, but... We should make things again. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. The Make Things Again Act. Which is what it is, which is great. Right. Hey, and if you want to put solar on your house and batteries in your house, but you don't know, you know, what's the right company and what are the right incentives, reach out to our friends at Energy Pal. They've been helping so many of our viewers to get those answers, and it's they do it for free. The link is down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. And you might be saying, well, Zach and Jesse, how do they do it for free? Well, you know when you get the phone call and they're like, hi, I'm Bill from Solar Super Company. Um, they're making... Energy Pal will basically make the commission that that person usually makes. Right. So you're not out anything because whether you talk to the the dude who called you um, or the team at Energy Pal, you're not going to be paying anymore. Right. Next up, we have Ellie from Ellie in Space to give us an update on everything SpaceX. Are we going to have a Starship launch soon? Hey, Zach and Jesse. It looks like the wait for the next Starship launch might be a little longer than we anticipated. We have evidence of this from the FAA as well as SpaceX employees. We heard from the FAA's Polly Trottenberg who said that they won't issue another Starship license until as early as October next month. And they said that they will also be needing an approval from U.S. Fish and Wildlife, which is a whole different can of worms. So I think it's safe to say you don't need to worry about making any last minute trip plans for September because the FAA themselves is stating publicly on X, formerly Twitter, that SpaceX won't have a license until October at the soonest. There was also a video of Kathy Leaders, who is a higher up at SpaceX, circulating around X from a recent private event talking about their timeline. I think the FAA has been a great partner with us to work with us and work with our compliance matrix under this new regulation and make sure that we're showing the evidence that we are complying with the regulations that are established. She says they're thinking it will be at least another two to three weeks before they even complete their compliance matrix review. So we have a few more items on the checklist before we see the integrated flight test number two. In other news, this past weekend, Starlink launched 22 more Starlink satellites into orbit on a Falcon 9. And this completed SpaceX's 65th launch for this year already, which is crazy. And check out this video of the actual Starlink satellite deployment. This is a rare sight. We also have some other video from here in Texas, actually, out at McGregor, where they test the Raptor engines. And I wanted to share this video with you because it marks an important milestone in going back to the moon. Now this is a Raptor vacuum engine test and it's unique because the engine was chilled to mimic conditions after a long coast. Here is also a demonstration of a descent burn to the lunar surface. This is of course important because SpaceX is working with NASA for the Artemis 3 moon lander. A few years ago, SpaceX was selected to develop the human landing system for the Artemis moon missions. And if you haven't been paying attention, we haven't been back to the moon in over 50 years, so we're a bit overdue. But this time we'll be landing American astronauts near the south pole of the moon. So this test optimized Raptor's performance and successfully confirmed the engine can be started in the extreme cold conditions. One challenge that makes Artemis different from those in low Earth orbit is that the landers may sit in space without firing for an extended period of time. This causes the temperature of the hardware to drop to a level below what they would experience on a much shorter low Earth orbit mission. So congratulations to SpaceX, always working hard, upping the launch cadence, and getting much closer to, I think, more frequent Starship launches in the future. Again, this gap will be about five to six months, it's looking like, from the first Starship launch, but it's probably only going to get shorter from there and we'll see more Starship launches as they're already working on other ships and other boosters for future launches down here in Texas. So thank you, Zach and Jesse. I'll see you next week. Ah, oh, bummer. I thought we were gonna get Starship launch this month. Oh well, October then. Okay. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape, good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week, Jess? Brian sent us this story about his recent Tesla road trip. Hey, Zach and Jesse. To wrap up summer, my daughter and I took a 1,843-mile road trip from Minnesota across North Dakota down to Devil's Tower in Wyoming and back through South Dakota, visiting local, state, and national parks along the way. The scenery and wildlife was epic, and our Model Y made the drive incredibly easy. But there was one disappointing aspect. Outside of the greater Twin Cities metro area, we only saw two non-Tesla EVs. 
We're nearing the end of 2023, and the failure of other charging networks to cover these areas with fast charging is ridiculous. Many of the new EVs could easily have done the trip we did if they had a place to charge. It really highlights the Tesla difference and the need for other OEMs to adopt NACS ASAP. While other charging providers drag their feet or wait for subsidies, Tesla has accelerated their supercharger rollout, making more and more remote areas accessible. The contrast is stark, and it's really obvious when you're out here and only see either Teslas or ICE. We still could use more superchargers, but at least the main routes are covered. Kudos to Ford and the following brands for recognizing the need for a reliable charging experience for their drivers on a network that actually exists. I'm looking forward to next year for more Magic Docs, the rollout of the NACS adapter, and vehicles to eventually start having NACS native ports. That means these beautiful places can be reached by more zero emissions vehicles. Happy road tripping, and now you know. Aww. That sounds like so much fun. That's awesome. What a fun trip. Thank you so much, Brian. And Brian's one of our editors, by the way. So, I mean, thank you to all of our editing team. They're from all around the world working on this show. So the second we're done in the studio, we get it to them and they just start working like crazy to get it out to you as soon as possible. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got a lot of cool Patreon bonus stories this week. Also, uh, go over to Disruptive Investing where we got a cool story there. And if you're on our Patreon and you're at the Investor Club level, we've got, of course, our weekly Investor Club bonus stories. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon poll. Why do you think the Model Y all-wheel drive with the 4680 batteries has disappeared from the Tesla configurator in the U.S.? And it's not even close. Most people say it's because Tesla needs all the 4680s for the Cybertruck. I feel like I was leading the witness a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, what else would they do? You know, oh, they stopped it because they thought it would not. You know, yeah. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. Catherine Boyle says the Elon Musk biography devotes many pages to his childhood, but this paragraph stands out. His mother's insistence on radical self-reliance and his compulsive need to read at an early age. Elon says, I remember adults, including my parents, always trying to get me to read less. <laughs> he's not supposed to, he's not supposed to pick on his mom. <laughs> I mean, it's because he read so much. Stop reading and eat, Elon. <laughs> Doge Designer says the Oscar-winning filmmaker Alec Gibney is making a film on Elon Musk. Elon says probably a hit piece as that's his style. May Musk, Elon's mother, says if you think Jake Tapper is dishonest, wait until you hear what Maddow is saying. She can tell four lies in one minute very loudly. Who is writing their scripts at CNN and MSNBC? X believes in free speech, but not inciting violence. Do we have two cases here? Elon says they're desperate for ratings. Best to ignore them. Elon then said great work by the Starship team. Look at that team there. Made on Earth by humans. Much higher chance of success than Flight One. Aviation says, out of these four birds, which one would you prefer? Elon says, C-17 is great and has done the most useful work. That said, it's high time for a next-gen system. Tucker Carlson says, episode 23, hyperinflation and reckless monetary policy could soon devastate the global economy. We travel to Argentina, where it's already happened. Elon says, government overspending, which is the fundamental cause of inflation, has wrecked countless countries. Yeah, they have 10% inflation per month in Argentina. <laughs> Jimma says, people who try to key a Cybertruck will be ruining their keys. Elon said, we might be able to offer an optional tungsten carbide coating, which is basically scratch proof to everything below diamond hardness. How much do you think that option would cost? So we're going to have to stop calling it keying your car. <laughs> it's going to be diamond ringing your car. Shibatoshi Nakamoto says, if you ignore all evidence that your theory is incorrect, you can convince yourself of all sorts of irrational things. Elon says, ignoring reality is a very popular approach to life. Gout says, I'm obsessed with this way of visualizing population density. Elon said, this is cool. James Stevenson said, happy seven-year anniversary to short seller Jim Chanos's prediction that Tesla would go bankrupt if it merged with SolarCity. Elon said he should change his name to Thanos since half of his fund disappeared, which is a sick burn. <laughs> Sawyer Merritt says, news, Porsche Taycan GT with rumored 1,000 horsepower caught testing at Nürburgring. They're targeting the Tesla Model S Plaid's record. Elon said, it's a fun competition. X News Daily says, news, Elon will meet with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on Monday to discuss the anti-Semitism controversy around X and the ADL. This comes amid a report that X execs, including Yakarino, have been planning a lawsuit against the ADL and other pro-boycott organizations. Elon says, this discussion was planned several weeks ago, and it is about AI, not the Defamation League. They dropped the A. Sir Doge to the coin says, do you guys still want to fight? Elon says, anytime, anywhere. Non-aesthetic thing says, what are you convinced people are just pretending to enjoy? Elon says, musicals with no plot. <laughs> Elon then said the media is click maximizing, not truth maximizing. Then he said moon soon, as they were testing out the Raptor engine. 
Ian says, serious question. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Elon says a lot. That's a that's a meme going around. If if young people in your life ask you that, it's a joke. Elon then tweeted gateway to Mars. And he commented on this tweet from Starlink, which developed in-house dielectric mirrors on the surface of the satellites and extremely dark black paint for angled surfaces or those not conductive to mirror adhesion help absorb and redirect light away from the ground. And he said it's important for astronomy. Keep those satellites from brightening up the sky. I like seeing satellites because for the average, like I know astronomers need to look at stars and stuff like that. But for the average person, if you go outside and you see a satellite, pretty cool, that changes your night, you know, but whatever. I get it when you have 3000 satellites in orbit. Elon then said best story ever. Massimo says you may not believe that your cat was born with a predatory instinct because it's so playful a critter, but it looks like cats are responsible for the global extinction of 33 animal species and responsible for the deaths of 6.9 to 20.7 billion mammals annually. Elon said, I tried liking our cat, but the feeling wasn't reciprocated, not even slightly. One day she disappeared to this day. We don't know if our cat Schrodinger is alive or dead. (laughs) The cat's name wasn't Schrodinger. It's just a scientist. It was his cat. Elon tweeted out, may Starship serve as a beacon of hope for the future. S.E. Robinson Jr. says, SpaceX Starbase looks like another planet right now. Elon says, coolest place on Earth. Sir Doge of the Coin says, do you know that Elon Musk voiced himself in three episodes of South Park back in 2016? Elon said, yep. And I recorded the dialogue late Monday nights with Trey. Show's airing the next day. Wow. (laughs) World Statistics says, which lecture would you like to attend? Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla, Mary Curie, or Stephen Hawking? Elon said, Tesla. I.O. says, Niall Ferguson writes an interesting piece about his psychologically complex but exceptionally intuitive pal, Elon Musk. This excerpt is my favorite, and this is where Elon told Niall that his son shouldn't go to South Africa because he would be killed, and then he went to South Africa and almost got killed. Elon says, he doesn't actually know me well. We've only met half a dozen times over 10 plus years and have never worked together. This article misses the mark. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Get on the show. Um, And before we get going, our buddy Jeff, who has co-hosted the show a couple times, so you guys know Jeff, he puts on a great EV event every year at Hebert's Candies in in Shrewsbury, Mass. This year's event will be on Saturday, September 30th from 2 to 5. So there's no rain date. If it's raining, he said stay home. Uh, There's going to be a free $300 and swag raffle, free pizza for the drivers, annual summon race with the four models of Tesla to see who wins, vendors like Allset Auto, Tesla Rent, Eco Auto, Inductive Auto Works, uh, among others will be attendance. There's going to be test drives and rides. It'll be available for many types of EVs. People can register for the event at this link. And we try to make it every year. So hopefully we'll see you there this year. Uh, one year we gave away a couple electric scooters. So maybe we can bring the Rivian and the Ford this year and bring along something to give away. Yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe an EV charger or something. So Dylan just took delivery of his Tyga snowmobile in Minnesota. You can check out his video. Uh, We'll put that link in the description below. Ricky spotted this midnight cherry red Model Y in Berlin, Germany. David found this police Model Y in Aspen, Colorado. Steven spotted this Ford F-150 Lightning parked in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Daniel saw this pink Model X driving around in Montreal, Quebec. Art saw this Freightliner E-Cascadia electric semi-truck in Pennsylvania. Steve spotted this Model Y taxi in Madrid, Spain. Jeff found this all-electric delivery truck in Modesto, California. Brian found this matte black Rivian R1S in Ada, Michigan. Michael spotted this Cadillac Lyric in Scottsdale, Arizona. Rick charged at this new supercharger in Columbus, Ohio that has all pull-through chargers. Nice. And Brando sent us this video of the Cybertruck driving through Palo Alto, California. Nice. I love seeing Cybertrucks on the road. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's see what people have sent in. This is Graham Calder with another Supercharger review. We are right now in St. Leonard or St. Leonard, New Brunswick, and we are on our last leg of our road trip from Chelsea, Quebec, all the way down to St. Andrews, New Brunswick. This is a road trip where many people, mostly non-Tesla owners, um, recommended that I don't get an EV for this trip and that I don't actually you know, trust the EV network. So I looked it up, plenty of Tesla chargers out there, and one of the great things about the East Coast is I think everybody is listening to that FUD because most of the chargers are like this, very empty. So this is another eight stall um, Tesla supercharger. We've got one pull through uh, stop right here and it's really well located. It has a bathroom uh, in three different restaurants. We have a McDonald's, we have a Subway, and then we also have a Tim Hortons behind us and uh, not very utilized. It's really easily located right off the highway. I would say I give this an eight out of 10. Uh, you know, it's uh, really easy to get everything you need. Obviously it'd be nice to have a little grocery store or something like that, but you can't complain. It's better than a lot of the other options that I've seen out there. So now you know.
Hey Zach, Jesse, this is Tony in California. Today I am in Inyokern, California, a small town in the Mojave Desert. And I'm at a supercharger station here. In front of me, you see where they built the original superchargers, probably when this was just to ensure people had access on this route, which goes up towards uh, Mount Whitney, Yosemite, and Lake Tahoe and Mammoth and stuff. So there's four superchargers there. And then behind me, we have the expansion of it, which it's been this size for at least uh, a year. That's the first time I came up here it was a year ago. So there's uh, 12 more superchargers there. So I'd say there's probably 16 stalls. But between the last time I came here and now, uh, Tesla has a new neighbor at this place, which is Rivian. Rivian came in with their adventure network. They've got these plugs this is only for, for Rivians to charge in this uh, beefy CCS plug. And there are six of these Rivian fast chargers here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. And then the sixth one, which is really cool, is designed for pull through. And one thing that's really interesting, but somewhat of a head scratcher for me, is that Rivian also decided to put in these two level two chargers, which these level two chargers are free to use. They have no idle fees or anything. And they run at 11.5 kilowatts which in my experience is pretty fast. Most level two chargers I've been to uh, run at like six kilowatts or so. Um, but still, I, I, I mean, I love level two chargers. I definitely think that we should be putting more of them in, but really where they make sense is when you're going to a place and you're gonna be hanging out for a while and there are things to do and um, not to bash on the town of Inyokern or anything, but um, this, this what you see in front of you is, is literally the entire town. So I'm not sure who would really want to use these level two chargers. I mean, it's possible that this is some kind of bicycling hub or something. Cause I, I did see like a couple of people riding their bikes on the side of the road on the way in. Um, but yeah, this one's kind of a head scratcher to me. I'm not sure why, why you'd put level two chargers here. Although I guess it's cool. They make them free anyways. Um, otherwise I would give this supercharger, uh, station a five out of ten because there aren't that many amenities and there's not that much to do now you know hi now you know community this is joel at the woodrow wilson hamilton new jersey it's uh right on the turnpike this one's good because a couple of the other turnpike exits have been closed temporarily so this is the only one for a good stretch it's got uh eight stalls 250 kilowatts version three uh bathrooms inside are pretty decently clean it's got you know limited food but uh, you don't have much choice right now in the summer of 23, so I'd give it uh, no pull install, uh, probably only a six out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you wanna check them out over on our website, now you know. We have them all on a map, so you can see where they are and uh, how good they are. Yeah. All right, let's go check out the new Superchargers this week. What do we got in the world? We got number 45 in Georgia is the eight stall in Atlanta. The 12 stall in Yorlarvi, Finland. Number 64 in New Jersey is the eight stall in Newark. Number 66 in Australia is the 6th stall in Wagga Wagga. Number 76 in Sweden is the 16th stall in Vaxio, Sweden. Number 29 in Wisconsin is the 12th stall in Fond du Lac. The 8th stall in La Quinta, California. Number 17 in New Zealand is the 7th stall in Glenfield. The 2 stall in Daochen, China. Number 1821 in China is the 3 stall in Wuhan. Number 28 in Finland is the 8th stall in Inari, Finland. Number 387 in California is the 16th stall in King City, California. Number 49 in Washington State is the 8th stall in Yakima. And number 86 in Japan, number 5,509 in the world is the 6th stall in Yokohama, Japan. And you made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching. I uh, I have so much fun doing the show with you. Yeah. No, it's, it's a blast. It's, you know, it's funny, you know, we're reading through... Um, Isaacson's biography of Elon. I finished it. You finished it, and I'm <laughs> catching up on Audible as quick as I can. And um, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm not reading it. But I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, that happened. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a lot of stuff that we've covered over the years. Oh, my I God, feel, yeah. If you want the longest version of Isaacson's biography, you can just watch all of our shows. That'll get you from, you know, 2016 to now. Right. Um, 
But man, what, I mean, you think that we're busy. I know, right? Elon's super busy. I, I noticed one thing that he did not mention in the book, and I'm going to talk about that this week on our Patreon bonus stories. Okay. Um, so interesting that out of everything he does, I thought we were going to hear about every last little thing, but this one thing he did not mention. So that's uh, interesting. comment down below if you if you know what I'm talking about. And hey, I want to thank all of you for watching. I want to thank you for hitting the like button. And I want to thank our patrons for helping to support this show. It doesn't work uh, without them. Uh, it, it's This is, you know, we're still a bit of a niche in the world. And unfortunately, that means that YouTube uh, doesn't pay us enough to keep the lights on. So our patrons really help out with that. So thank you, patrons. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as we learn in the book, right, there's a lot of controversial things that Elon does. He's He can be, you know... He can be in bad mood sometimes, mm -hmm. and he can say things that piss people off. But also, he's just an incredible human being, and he does amazing things that are changing the world. And I feel like what's happened is a lot of people have stopped wanting to follow these incredible things because he's not like a cushy, you know, teddy bear kind of guy. And I just, I feel like we should put that aside, and we should focus on the amazing stuff that's happening in our world that's making our world a better place. And that's why I'm so glad that you guys follow us every week, because regardless of what Elon tweets, regardless of like who he fires that week, He's still pushing on with incredible enthusiasm towards making this world a better place for us all. And isn't that what we all want? Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Now you know. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.